Car. How are you? I have a lot to say. Oh, great. Most importantly, first and foremost, welcome to Teenage Dirtbags. Welcome to Teenage Dirtbags. Should we do it to the OC theme song? Um, Teenage Dirtbags. Teenage Dirtbags. Here we come. Oh. <laughs> Um, uh, good welcome stuff. to Teenage Dirtbags. We are a podcast that rates and reviews teen movies and then relates them to our teenage lives. I am Maddie. I am Carly. And uh, I have something very important to start with. This is a bit of a uh, kind of a first episode for us because we've had the last couple Ugh. of weeks off. Um, one was on purpose and one was not. So I want to They go were ahead. actually both not on purpose. Well. Because one messed up. Oh, God. Well, let me just say this to our listeners. Um, I got a lot of questions over the past two weeks, and uh, I want to thank everyone for being very patient with yeah. us. I'm really sorry. Basically, we um, are, we're having a bit of a technical issue, and then we thought we'd fix it, and then it happened again. So this leads yeah. me into point two, which is we started a Patreon page. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, I felt, we both felt very weird about starting a patreon I yeah think we, we can say yeah and i still feel kind of weird about it um i i said when we first started this podcast i was like i just want to do it for fun i never want to ask anyone for money but after talking it through i realized that we could use you know a couple people out there who want to give either one two three four or five dollars a month we wanted to cap it at $5 a month because we don't even want people to spend more than that on us. First of all, that's already insane, an insane <laughs> to me. But anyway, the reason is we by no means do we expect to make money from this podcast. Obviously, no. that's not what this is about. It's about we want to get some reliable equipment. Yeah. Um, and it's not that our, we don't have good equipment. We do. We, we, my, you know, we, we had people help us with a bit of equipment. Carly bought a lot of equipment. Um, but it's just something that we need. We just need to... Um, spruce up a little bit because yeah. one big example is it's one thing for Carly and I to re-record an episode which we've done a couple times that's not a problem we live together and well, that's fine but when we have a guest and something Ugh. goes wrong and we have two episodes that are um, in our what would you say closet what's the expression in our uh, the garbage <laughs> <laughs> we have two pod two episodes that have a guest on each one different yeah. guests where we have not released them yet because the audio is so horrible but we do we don't want to re-record them because we're trying to hold yeah. out on fixing the audio but it's pretty it's pretty um, bleak pretty bleak so <laughs> anyway that's where i'm going with this so the point one is sorry so much for the last two weeks being a little bit out of it um we will make it up to i promise and then point two is we started a patreon it's on our instagram yeah what is it give us the website it's just patreon the website is patreon.com p-a-t-p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com mm -hmm. slash teenage dirtbags podcast and dirtbags with a z um yeah. and you can go there and there's you know oh i should also say each of the tiers I mean, it's not like a reward. No one's going to give a shit about the stuff. But like, it's it little will. things yeah. That, that, yeah, rewards that, you know, that yeah. we're trying to. Incentives. Incentives. Thank you. That's the word, not yeah. reward. Well, same thing. Anyway, um, let's get on with this. So what should we talk about for the past two freaking weeks? Okay, well, I was in Vancouver and that was very fun and very beautiful. And I spent so much time on the 
beach. And you did some, and this is this is to go along. Sorry to bring up the Patreon again. You interviewed a couple people. We won't get into who right. yet. Okay, yeah. So I should probably tell people that I interviewed two people without Maddie because she was unable to come. And it was very odd to do it without her. But yeah, so in the future, probably in September, October, there will be two um, interviews with two actors that I am on and Maddie is not. So don't be too upset. But that's the thing is that we had, uh, unfortunately for Carly, she had to bring all of our equipment. Yeah. Physically, all of the like mixing board and everything. I haven't told you this yet, but you're going to have to do that in September. Oh, bring it to to L.A. Yeah, well, yeah, fair, fair enough. Because I will be going there earlier. Right. Anyways, we're going to L.A. Just a casual, uh, just a casual drop that we're yeah, going to L.A. we're going to go to L.A. <laughs> We've got some interviews lined up. Yeah. Um, we're pretty excited. And I, I mean, I was talking to, uh, I think I've told this story on a fucking episode that didn't work. But anyway, so you've heard this before, but maybe uh-huh. no one else. Yeah. Um, I was at work. And I guess someone had like seen on the calendar that it said Maddie's going to LA. Right. And someone commented in there. So, Oh, are you going to LA? It's when we're done shooting. And I said, Oh, we're going for the podcast. And one girl piped up in the office and she was like, Oh my God, like what for? And I said, well, we've got a live show. <laughs> and she genuinely was like, oh, my God. Wow. And I, I was wish. like, that's really nice of you to believe that that was what I was going to You should have told her that we were doing it at, like, Kodak Theater or something oh where, like, they do the Oscars. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, yeah, two weeks. You were in Vancouver. Soon we're going to L.A. You were on a boat today. I was on a boat cruise today. Uh, Life a booze is cruise. good. A booze cruise with uh, the guy who plays Lewis from Suits. Yep. He um, very generously. Just the two of you. Just the two of us. <laughs> he generously hired a boat party or hosted a boat party for all of the crew, cast and crew of Suits, because it's our last season. Spoiler alert, as everyone already knows, it's been announced. <gasps> um, and it was really, really fun. I feel very sick. My stomach really hurts from drinking and being on a boat and eating. And, and being in the sun. Being in the sun. I'm just not a uh, happy camper. However, I am a happy camper. And I want to say... Oh, I'm sorry, was that loud? No. Oh, why are you making I, that I'm face? I'm just making that excited face. Oh, it looks like you're in a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wanted to just tell... So these past two weeks, honestly, this is something that goes with this uh, theme of not having audio in a way. Because Carly and I... Mercury was in fucking retrograde. Maddie Maddie performed her witchcraft on me. Yeah, so I know I was like, that's such a stupid thing. Whatever. I don't care if you think so or not. I like saying it whenever something is happening to me that's upsetting. You saged negative. me. So I saged. Carly and I were having the worst, the worst couple weeks or week or whatever. And nothing, knock on wood, nothing. No one was severely injured or ill or anything like that. But it was just little things. We were like, what the hell? And, and you got, the, we got into like a fight. We got a little bit of a fight. And we got into Carly fell down a flight of stairs and I did. basically broke her ankle, but did not. She's okay. I'm um, <laughs> sorry, speaking for you there. Maddie did not push me. I did not push her down the flight of stairs <laughs> after our fight. Um, and then our episode didn't work after we recorded it. It just a bunch of shit. So I yeah. performed my witchcraft. I saged Carly. Yeah. I did a tarot card reading. Um, and I don't know, I don't want to say this for you, but I think everything's gone a little bit better since then. I feel better. I do yeah. feel better. Yeah. In the, I don't know if you know this, but like, um, as some of our more loyal, um, listeners might know, I grew up in a Christian household. Mm. Um, and it is so 
like frowned upon frowned upon to do tarot cards that when you asked me how to do tarot cards i was actually like <gasps> like oh, this like know that. this little like eight-year-old inside me was like oh my god this is like so bad <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry like, i hope i didn't make you do that i one time got in so much trouble at a church event because i was reading a horoscope from uh like j14 they were like, that's the devil's oh. tricks. And I well, was like, ah. I have about six decks of tarot cards upstairs. I mean, I didn't mind doing it. You said I was uh, impatient, unbalanced, confused, and should. Not focused. <laughs> not focused. Basically everything that but uh, it was in you this, don't want to be. It was in the section. No, I, I just said that you were currently feeling that. It wasn't like a your mm. life is this. Mm. It was just you were currently feeling that and how to get out of it was whatever. I don't remember now. But um, anyway, we put, we, we've had a, a very busy two weeks of horror, horror, horrible, annoying things. and Horrorish behavior. Horrorish behavior. <laughs> um, anyway, welcome back. I'm uh, Yeah. Okay. That's a good preface. Go to our Patreon and give us your hard-earned money if you want to keep listening to us talk about nothing, yes. yet everything all at once. All of the above. Do you want to get into this movie or do you have more to preface? You don't even understand how bad I want to get into this oh. fucking movie. I'm so excited. I know. It really has been one of the movies we've been really looking forward to watching and reviewing, mm-hmm. and now it's come. Here it is. Today we watched, and we are currently about to review... Raise your voice. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Just start with your thoughts. Okay, I facts. can't even hold my breath any longer. Go <laughs> okay. ahead. Raise your voice was directed by Sean McNamara. Okay, it's McNamara, but okay. Okay, thank <laughs> you, McNamara. It's written. Well, the story the story was by Mitch Rotter, but the actual screenplay was written by Sam Schreiber. It's starring Hilary Duff, Oliver James, John Corbett, and Rita Wilson. It premiered October 8th, 2004, and the rating of this film is PG. The logline is, A girl from a small town heads to L.A. to spend the summer at a performing arts high school. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize that it was a performing arts high school, but I just thought it was like a camp. Well, it was. Like, it was over. It was only in August. Yeah, I just I thought the word high school seemed a it little a bit, it threw me off a little. It's a little bit strange because it's, I'm, I have a lot of questions about this camp thing that they go to, yeah. but we'll get we'll get into that conservatory. It's um, very strange. Um, so we should mention right away that we watched this movie today, and Michael, my boyfriend, watched it with us. He's not here on the podcast today, no. but he did watch it with us. So there are a few comments that we might throw in that he was saying because he talked yes. the whole movie. He had a lot to say. Yes, because he had never seen it before, but both Carly and I had. And uh, yeah, it's also important to mention that you and Mike were also still drunk from the boat. (laughs) So that added to it. Oh my God. It was, and also not only drunk, but like basically having sunstroke because (laughs) of the amount of, we literally were stuck on this boat for four hours. It was super fun, but I was like, I'd like to be able to go at my leisure. Yes. Um, you don't like being stuck. I don't. I do not enjoy being stuck. Okay. So let's get into this freaking amazing movie that has changed yes. lives. So starts off, we're right like last day of school or something, I guess. What are they singing in the opening scene? Joy to... No. Joy, Joy. to the world. No. Yeah. It's yeah. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Oh, yeah, right. Bum, bum. 
was a good friend of mine. Do they sing Joy to the World? It goes, scene? it's joy to the world. Oh, right. All the boys and girls. But is that the same? Joy to the fishes in the oh. deep blue sea. Joy to you and me. Oh! <laughs> so wait, that was the same song as the Jeremiah? Yes. Wow, okay. Yeah, they look like they're having a hoot. Okay, so this uh, the opening friggin' shot is they're <laughs> yeah. all a choir patri- practice. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I can't speak. Pack-a-da, pack-a-da. Choir practice playing yeah. this, singing this song. And they are having, it is like... <laughs> This that the Lord has cometh in them, like they are on cloud nine singing yes. the song. Hillary Duff looks like she's been smoking crack, like she is so <laughs> on another level. She's so stoked. The piano teacher is like they are on another level. I have never seen anybody sing like this in my entire life, even if they were performing at the fucking Grammys. Yeah. They were so into it. And also, they're so into it's it. It's interesting because it's the last day of school. So they're all like, yeah, school's out. But then they have choir practice like the next day. I'm like, what? I thought school was out. Yeah. Why do you have choir practice the next day? That's very true. Because yeah. they literally leave and they're, they're like, see you tomorrow at practice. Yeah. And it's like, but but school's out. I know. It's the last day of school. Clearly, music is her life. Yeah. Because she like, you know, her older brother is Jason Ritter. And he like, runs around and films her all the time singing. It's very throwback to Lizzie McGuire movie, except in a different way. Because Lizzie McGuire, Hilary Duff's younger brother, is doing it to, like, find horrible things about her. Right. And in this movie, her older brother is filming her to, like, catch yes. her, like, in her fucking prime. And There are a lot of parallels to this movie and Lizzie McGuire movie. Uh, Yeah. They're like practicing songs with a cute boy. She has a brother who likes to film her. <laughs> it's a, it's it is a weird parallel little universe sort of thing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. First of all, okay. So Jason Ritter, we love Jason Ritter. We do. Jason um, Ritter, come on our podcast. Did you did you realize that? Okay, in Parenthood, one of our favorite shows, Lorelai Gilmore, who plays Sarah on Parenthood. I like how Lorelai Gilmore. I meant Lauren Graham, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is the same initials. That's true. Interesting. Um, There are two men in that show in which she has sexual relations with, and two of them are in this movie. Is John Corbett? Oh, my God. John Corbett plays the dad. Mae Whitman's dad. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Isn't that something? That's really crazy. So, anyway, those are two guys that we have a crush on. Yep. I thought something that I want to point out, though, it was really interesting from a filmmaking point of view of this film. Um, So, they leave her and her friend, who's nameless, um, leave school. And they're driving. She's being dropped off at her house, her parents' house. And there's all these, like, establishing shots of the town. (laughs) Yeah. And usually, but, like, they're clearly purposeful. Like, there's not just one or two. There's, like, seven or eight establishing shots of this town they live in. No percent of the movie takes place here. Why are there establishing shots here? Well, because they want to get across that she lives in a small town. I guess, but it's not really, like, they did not make a good point of that. The establishing shots do not demonstrate really? I that. I thought they did. No. There was like a shot of like a laundromat with like an American flag hanging off of it. Great. I, there's laundromats in Toronto. Not with like a cornfield behind it. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that part's accurate. <laughs> but yeah, so she gets dropped off and then they're at they're her big brother, Jason Ritter's graduation barbecue. And the dad in this film he's is- He's a hard ass. He's so scary. He literally chews a toothpick the whole movie yeah. to, sh- to demonstrate how much of a hard ass he is. And he does not want Hillary Duff to go to camp. He's basically the definition of the patriarchy. Yeah, he like- He wants to-, to control every single person's life. Yeah. And he wants everyone to listen to what he has to say and has no interest in someone else's opinion. <laughs> yeah. And so everyone, like, you know, his, um, he has a sister, uh, the aunt, 
Um, she's around all the time Nina. too. Nina, Aunt Nina. And basically everyone is against the father. However, the women in the family don't really speak back to him, but the son does. <laughs> right. Like he gets in fights with him all the time. Um, trying the to women defend are, the women. The women are tight-lipped. A little bit, but they're all kind of also doing their own thing to defy his... Yeah. Well, we got to that. But anyway, so it's it's very important to note that the dad is a fucking asshole. In this. Yeah. Um, he's, he's scary. He does not want Hillary Duff going to music camp. She really wants to go. And one thing, I, you told me the word for this, and I'd love to remember. I don't remember, though, so you can tell me now. As a screenwriter, uh-huh. there's something that they do in this scene that made me laugh. And it's when the entire storyline is, like, read out in one line. Oh, What's like- that? exposition yeah because yeah. she goes hillary you know they're saying something and she goes dad it's the zulu conservatory and it is the number one conservatory in the world and i have already applied like, and she just like says <laughs> yeah. this whole sentence about basically just kind of giving the background of the yeah. whole story yeah and it's really funny because it's just like this big long sentence that no normal person would ever say this is my favorite line in the whole movie is when okay so when jason ritter finally shows up to his own graduation barbecue the dad's all like being a dick and he's like, Terry, you cannot apply to the school. And then Jason Ritter goes, you don't think Terry's special? <laughs> She's so special. <laughs> yes. There is a really, I mean, and Mike jokingly, but also not jokingly commented on the entire movie. Well, not the entire movie, spoiler alert, but the beginning half of the movie, um, how this brother is like, and we were all like, ah, that's annoying. Like stop commenting on it. But it's true. The brother's like, strangely obsessed with the sister yes yeah like i i don't know about if you notice this or not but when they're crying in his bedroom after the horrific uh moment there's a couple frame photos on his desk or not on his drawer of the two of them it's like my brothers do not have any photos of me framed in their bedrooms i would imagine it's just it's a weird anyway so basically she sneaks him out because she's taking him to see three days grace well he's grounded right why is he grounded I don't even know. You don't remember? No. He squirts gasoline oh. with the barbecue and the big fire erupts and then the dad's like, that's it. You're grounded. I mean. It's just such a random thing that happens in this movie that like it could have been anything yeah. that makes him grounded, but it was just like, okay, let's just get him to squirt gasoline into the barbecue and then his dad gets really pissed. Yeah. There's a lot of things you could have gotten grounded for. The- anyway. So he gets grounded. Yeah. Hillary Duff is taking him out to see Three Days Grace. She's sneaking him out because- it's his graduation gift, blah, blah, blah. They go see them. And then on the drive home, they get hit by a drunk driver. Are you not going to talk about the fact that they're rocking into Three Days Grace and there's about oh 20 God. extras at this concert? So this concert is like in this presumably giant uh, <laughs> stadium. Stadium, Well, it's not a stadium, but it's like a big hall. And it's there's 20 extras. Yeah. <laughs> and they are all in unison yeah, head banging out. to Three Days Grace. <laughs> and I am not judging because I love Three Days Grace, but Jesus, it is so funny. They did not hire enough extras. It just looks like the lamest concert. Yeah, like they they, they were like, okay, everyone, just spread out. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, at one point, like crowd surfing, but there's like pockets of like emptiness. Huge like, pockets. Yeah, I know. Like pools of emptiness. I know. And I was just like, you should have just done maybe not big wide shots and use those 20 people a little bit closer together. Did you know that um, Three Days Grace is from Peterborough? I did not. I didn't even know they were Canadian. We have a three days grace day in Peterborough because we're so proud of them. Oh, my God. I think they actually went to my high school. That's really cool. Yeah. I did not know There that. you go. So anyway, they get, they're they in the car. They're driving home and a car hits them. And the next thing we know, Hillary Duff is waking up in the hospital. She Her mom sees her. She looks at her. She goes, Paul. 
and the mom shakes her head no. So Paul has not survived this horrific crash. The saddest part about this whole thing is that the last thing that Paul did while being alive was listening to Three Days Grace. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mike made a really funny comment because he was talking about how the brother seems to really like Hillary like a little too much. <laughs> and then I just heard Mike whisper on the couch that he was on, I want to wear your skin. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> oh, he's a funny one. Anyway, yeah, it was, you know, I remember seeing that for the first time and I was incredibly sad. Yeah. I was, I remember being like, this is so emotional. When the um, mom is crying in the son's bedroom after he's has died. And she's like smelling his shirt. And she's smelling his shirt and then Hillary comes in and starts crying with his, her mom. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is legit good acting. Like, good for you, Hillary. Um, you didn't think sure. so? Sure. I mean, it was fine. Okay. I thought it was all right. Oh, your butthole lemon. Okay, just let's clarify. It wasn't my butthole. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, I would sure. I would say it was a good test for her acting skills. Okay, so you're not like. I'm surprised you weren't like. She is the best. Like she's your queen, and you're questioning well, her acting. No, I did not say that. I said that this is not necessarily any better better than the rest of her acting. I think she's always amazing. Um. Anyway, let's go through this. So basically, she gets accepted to the camp. She doesn't know this. She'll find out later. But what? yeah, what? I just don't think camp's the right word. I think it's, I really don't know what to call it. She I'm gets accepted s- to the conservatory program, summer program. Fine. Conservatory summer program. And she gets accepted. And it's very hard to get into. They decide him. Uh, sorry. Hillary and her aunt and mother decide that since the dad is not allowing this. Yeah. But since he's are, like a friggin dictator. Yeah. They decide that they're going to do a plan together um, to they're gonna say that hillary is staying in the city with the aunt but really she'll be um at the conservatory living there for the month it's uh, it's very confusing because when she gets to this camp like first of all don't call it a camp okay well i don't know what else to call it it's a summer conservatory program (laughs) okay sorry let me say summer conservatory program instead of one syllable camp but actually you should say summer music conservatory for christ's sake Anyway, when she gets to this place, yeah. it's the middle of the night. Granted, yeah. it's in L.A., fine. But it's the middle of the night. I guarantee you that if you have to check in or whatever, register to yeah. a, a camp or a conservatory yeah. program, you have to, it's going to be like, registration is from 8 to 12. Yeah. And you will come for your orientation. Right. They'll show you around. She shows up at midnight. Her train was late. They discussed that. Uh, 12 hours late. Well, you never know. Anyway, it's very late she shows up like it's the middle of the night and she knocks on this door yeah and expects to be let in and yeah. oliver james who is does not work there yeah. is just a <laughs> student yeah lets her in yeah it's very confusing um so it's it's very strange she shows up in oliver james like literally just from what a girl wants she knocks and on the door and he does he in. ever have streaks Oh, I, are they ever. streaks or are they highlights? I guess they're highlights. Red highlights. They are on chunky. The tips. I would call them chunky. Oh, I see. They're yeah. frosted tips. Frosted tips. Red. Red frosted tips. Yeah. They are something special. I don't know about you, but I I don't like how his spikes go all the way to the back of his neck. It's a little confusing. Um, It's <laughs> a little sexually confusing, I think, because you've seen him in What a Girl Wants, and, and you're like, so oh, hot. he's so wonderful. And you see him here, and you're like... There were mixed messages in terms of, like... What he's attracted to, in my opinion. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Mixed messages. Very confusing. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it's established. So, okay. So she knocks on this door. I just have to bring this up. She knocks on this door and it is the middle of the night. 
Yeah. And and he's like, what do you want? Like, whatever. Why are you here so late? And you think, okay, everyone's asleep. It's one in the morning. And then you walk in and everyone's awake, just like walking through the hallways. Yeah. And like his, this girlfriend, not girlfriend, the popular girl that's like horribly rude. and uh, Darlene or something? Yeah. Oh, no, that's the other girl. No, that's Denise. Oh, okay. I don't know what her name is. No one cares. But anyway, yeah. her, um, she, like everyone's up and just around. Where, who's work? I don't understand who works here <laughs> because there's no staff. They all live yeah. in these dorms and I don't need there to be like freaking maids or anything, but there's no like RAs or yeah. security or front desk, but there's a front desk area. Yeah. It's really confusing. There was no one sitting at the front desk, which I think that when you're at some, uh, in a building filled with teenagers, there should be someone who's. There you should know, be someone overseeing the yeah. <laughs> nightly events because they're all just hanging out on the roof whenever they feel like. Yeah, it. it's I mean, very strange. It's there's no rules. There seems to be no rules here. It's pretty sweet. I went to a school, um, Humber Lakeshore Campus, and it is known for its music program. And on my first day there, um, the music program was attached to the Res Building. And it was honestly, like, I remember walking through the halls and, and sit, like, thinking to myself that I was in Raise Your Voice because <laughs> everyone was playing an instrument. Everyone was in, like, a different room playing, like, a different type of uh, genre of music. And, like, at night, the music students are so intense and have to practice so hard that they would all be practicing all hours of the night because they would have key cards to get uh, into, like, yeah, the yeah. rooms or whatever. So I would, like, open my window, and in the middle of the night, we would just hear, like, saxophone and trumpet and people practicing. And was, I, I remember it just being, like, really comforting to me. That is really, like, that. I would feel the exact same way if I saw that. I'd be like, raise yeah. your voice. It's raise your voice. And people would complain and be like, I couldn't sleep. And I found it so comforting because it just reminded me of my brothers in a sense. And I was like, you know, there's something nice about being awake and knowing that other people are awake. Oh, 100%. I yeah. actually do really like that. Like my brother Kevin, he used to work at Max Milk, and he would Shut work. The fuck up. <laughs> yeah, he would work from like eight p.m. to eight a.m. Yeah. There was always a part of me because it was just around the corner from my house, and I was always like, "It's just nice to know that like Kevin's He's, awake." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if mm-hmm. I like needed something, I could just like walk over to Max Milk and be like, "Hey." Yeah. You know. For sure, I I actually felt that way when I lived. I mean, this is a bit different, but when I lived in university, there were nine of us that lived in one house. Yeah. And everyone had. First of all, everyone had entirely different schedules. They were in different programs, so different requirements. People were up at different times of the night, and everyone had, for the most part, a significant other. So there were people around at all times. And yeah. one guy would stay up all night. He'd play video games all night. So yeah. I would hear his chair rolling around yeah. upstairs. So it was like, I, I loved that. Yeah. And everyone was always like, oh, it's so annoying. Like, everyone's so loud. And I was like, oh, I like that there's another person up yeah. or, or whatever. It was kind of soothing. Yeah. So I totally agree with you. Yeah. So I, so the brother. Films this movie uh, without her knowledge, without Hillary's knowledge. Which is, like, not that astounding. It's not that astounding, film. but he does, like, this intro, and he's like, my, bro- my brother, my sister Terry has the number one best voice. She's my favorite person on this planet. And I, I love Hillary Duff, as we've talked about <laughs> yeah. multiple times. I do not think she has the best voice <laughs> in this movie, especially. I, I love when he says fine. that. I love when he's like, you are the most talented singer I've ever heard in my whole life. You, are, you have the best voice I have ever heard. I think you have descended to, on, <laughs> on us from heaven. Like, it's, I'm like, I mean, she's got a great voice. She's yeah. Wonderful. But, like, she's not Adele. 
No. No. And, like, it's not even just that. She's not even a really a stage person. Let's be serious. But anyway. <laughs> um, so he films, you know, as when he's still alive. Oh, sorry. Too soon. Um, <laughs> he He's filming her, like, in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he's filming her in the getting, bathroom. Like, in getting ready in, in the, at the sink. And she's <laughs> singing. And she's doing this. And he compiles this... Um, movie of all of these samples so she has applied to the conservatory on her own but she submitted a cd which wouldn't have gotten her in which we find out later but the brother submits this dvd showing her personality and her charisma which i don't think is demonstrated but anyway um (laughs) he submits this without her knowing which is what how she got in and she's really failing when she gets there. She, everyone is horrible to her. She walks in. There's this bitch who's there. The guy's like, what do you want? Her roommate wants to sleep because she gets there at midnight. She's like, she shut up. She flicks on the light. She's like, hi. Hi, I'm Terry. I'm your roommate. <laughs> and like, like, clearly the girl is asleep. <laughs> yeah. And she like throws the light. I mean, I get it. I get Denise's issue. I know. I'd be like, seriously? Like it's midnight. She walks in, turns the light on. Clump, 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 clump. <laughs> Here's my freaking thing. Which bed's mine? Oh, this one. Hello. Like throwing her suitcase. Um, Hi, I'm Terry. Hey, Denise, wake up. Oh my God. It's insane. And she's like. She's literally like, shut up. I'm sleeping. She's like, shut up and turn off the light. And right. Hillary's like, no. I'm not wanted here. <laughs> but anyway. I digress. Um, so anyway, everyone hates her, and she's trying to make friends. She goes up to Kat Denning. She hates her. This yeah. guy hates her. Everyone's rude. No one likes her. She's not doing well in class. Yeah. She misses her brother. She can't sing. She can't find herself. Blah blah blah. So the first day, this orientation, which has now happened, the next well, anyway, in the auditorium. In the auditorium, yeah. they, the the four professors. Uncle <laughs> Phil is the host or whatever don't really get what he's there for. the dean or something yeah but he has like, no musical talent as he does not show anything well i'm sure he has skills sure but his entire point is he's up okay so uncle phil from fresh principal air is on the stage and he goes uh he, he goes okay let's go and he, and he, the four teachers that we will see multiple times are playing each like this a different instrument and they're playing performing and he goes for those who say um those who can't do teach Look, at these are your teachers. And I'm like, but Uncle Phil, you didn't do nothing. What are you doing? Uncle Phil's there as the administration. Okay. He wants to make sure everyone's staying within the rules and regulations. Well, he didn't do a good job the night before, did he? No, he really slacked. <laughs> he was really <laughs> day one. Uncle Phil, step it up. Come on. Um, anyway, so they perform. And we do a slow, beautiful pan <laughs> along the four performers. And there's this old Russian man who's playing the fucking clarinet or something. I don't even remember what he's playing. Uh, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's other person playing this other person. Doesn't matter. And then the last person is this rugged, bearded, long hair, wearing leather pants, gentleman playing the cello who makes the cello look like a thimble size. Thing. I wish I was that cello. Do we ever. He is Mr. John Corbett, a.k.a. Aiden from Sex and the City, a.k.a. I have no idea what his character's name is in this. It's like Mr. Trovel or something. Anyway, Doesn't matter. Who cares? He is called... Mr. Gorge. Mr. Baby. <laughs> Mr. Baby. Good one. You are so witty. <laughs> so... He stands up with that cello and does a little cello solo. It's and so hot. Like, yeah. He has the solo, okay? He throws down his cello at the end like he's a rock star. And it's so 
freaking lame, but it's so it's amazing. sexy. It's amazing. And he so he stands up and clearly his character is supposed to be the young, cool teacher that like they all respect because he's so young and hip. And the wardrobe department was very adamant on making him seem that way. And they honestly, it I love everything about this movie. Don't get me wrong. But and I love him in this movie. Do not get me wrong. I will not. <laughs> but when he stands up and reveals his opening outfit to this yeah. movie, this is introductory outfit. I'm like, there's a little bit too much happening here. His outfit uh-huh. is John Bender. Except this is my issue: is that they went, they went, okay, like this guy, he's he should be. It's like they listed off things he should have. Like, oh, he should. What? Here's an uh, an idea: leather pants. Oh, here's another idea plaid shirt yeah here's another idea a leather vest here's another idea a long a white long sleeve shirt yeah. underneath the plaid shirt so okay here's another it. idea leather bracelets but then they all put that together yeah i just i think this guy's very cool i think he's too cool to wear a full leather outfit i don't know in Maddie. the summer with a plaid shirt over a long sleeve shirt i think okay. it's a little insane well the auditorium is probably he chilly. could have done without one of the layers <laughs> okay. one layer could have been taken off i just think about you know like, one layer taken off i would have you know how much i love layers <laughs> <laughs> talking about him though <laughs> no i think it's perfect i mean I think it's it seems much. like he's trying a little hard because like he's trying very hard to be like the relatable dude. Well, or just like I'm edgy. He's basically like I he's bet trying you- to attract the young students who are women. Well, I think he has slept with that once girl with the curly hair, the bitch. Okay, that is um a fallacy. No, I'm not saying it's fallacy. I'm just saying like, oh my god, I, I drank more than I should have. Today. I know, spit it um, out, sister. What's it called when like you're assuming something? You're making an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. You were. Am I, am I starting a rumor? What What are you yeah, trying to say maybe here? Maybe that's starting a rumor. I don't care. The way they have their little tinkle fingers together. <laughs> <laughs> it's like tinkle fingers. No, I know exactly what you're referring to, which I'm really angry about. It is unnerving, and I think that he for sure has had. A little fellatio from <gasps> the girl in the class because she gets very she protective does. over when yeah. he starts to pay attention to Terry. And he also she also has a shirt that says "Daddy's Girl." I know on I wrote it. that down. And she also has a shirt that's like lifeguard, and it says something like "CPR on duty" or some shit. Yeah. Like she has very sexual shirts, yeah. and I'm like, this girl bought these, and her mother allowed it. I don't think her mother is um, overly present present in her life oh no no kidding <laughs> anyway um can we, wait what were we talking about i don't know oh, you john corbett you th- okay <laughs> can we just picture john corbett in this movie and how good looking he is yes got the it. long locks the beard that's just absolutely perfectly shaven the smile everything mm-hmm. right now picture him as the dad into all the things i've loved before all the boys i've loved into before. all the things <laughs> i've loved before Yes, I actually did have that thought process. Can we just talk about how much of a transition that is? I'm okay with it, honestly. It makes me a little sad. I accept him. No, I accept him. If I I was with somebody who looked like John Corbett, oh wait, I am, and who would grow up to be looking like John Corbett, 
in to all the boys I loved before, I would not be upset. Okay, that's fair enough. I also think that Justin Bobby from The Hills definitely watched this movie as a youngster. Oh, for sure. Definitely was like, I want to be be him. him. I agree with that. He has the same outfits. Yeah. So I went to a camp like this. Like, not like this, obviously. A music camp? I went to a music camp that did not, you know, give us a scholarship. Oh, I guess we should say one student out of the presumably at least 100 I would say like there. 70. Fine. Let's say there's 70. One of them will win a $10,000 scholarship to mm-hmm. music university. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so I went to a, a summer camp that was music camp, but it was not anything like this. It was a camp. It was literally just, let's just perform a bunch of times. Um, when the, And we had classes though, like all day it was different classes of different things. They walk into their classes and the very first, I understand like setting the bar high, there are some very unrealistic things that they are requested to do. Very unrealistic. Tell me. Like, reading reading music, obviously, you should be able to do. I don't doubt that. Yeah. But on day one of, I mean, I guess these people are, like, hoping for a scholarship. So they, they presumably are very fucking talented. But, like, it just, I think they need to ease into these classes yeah. a little tiny bit. Like, he I literally know. goes, hmm. What note was that? Yeah. And she says B. And he goes B flat. And it's like, it, right. it's just a little bit. It, I understand the concept. It should be really hard ass because they're getting given ten thousand um, dollars. But I can't remember the other example. There was another one that I was like, ooh, these people need to chill out a well, little. Well, it's bit. when she does the la 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 yeah yeah <laughs> it's the most okay so let's just tell us what the hell that just was there's this one class she goes so john corbett is the singing instructor yeah but they're he- all singing instructors i just realized oh yeah that's true every single fucking class is a singing class well, that's, i made the point the drummer kid or whatever who like drums on like pieces of like plastic <laughs> <laughs> he drums he, on like bottles and, and bottles shit. and garbage cans and whatever he is in all the singing classes like but his scholarship is for drumming yeah anyway i understand you should be able to understand pitches she also never has a class with oliver james that's so true why this is very confusing Weird. why is the drummer kid there and <laughs> oliver james is not who he's the singer why yeah. is he not in the singing classes this is odd <laughs> We got to write Sean McNamara. We got to write to him. Um, Very confusing. Very strange. Anyway, so Aiden, uh, not Aiden, what's his <laughs> name? John Corbett yeah. uh, is the professor of singing or whatever. And he's like trying to find, there's going to be f- five soloists at the end of his term or whatever. And he's figuring out which ones are going to be the soloists. Everyone else can fuck themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're all auditioning to be the soloists. And, and of course, the curly haired bitchy girl is like I'm gonna be the one I'm gonna suck your dick or whatever yeah. the fuck <laughs> and anyway Hillary Duff stands up to do her like audition not even audition but like practice and she mm-hmm. first of all the practice is la 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 like it's just la yeah it's not a real song it's just like you're going through this thing fine and she gets Hillary Duff gets to her note and she's like la 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 and everyone like <laughs> ed- ed- there's a quick shot of everyone and they're all like cringing and being like oh yeah. and then she goes <laughs> and she does like this whole fucking riff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most 
amazing Hillary Duff. But this is the ending. funniest part is that it's not Hillary Duff. Right, that's the other thing. Is it's we completely should... ADR, which for those that don't know it's... what that means, I, I don't even know what it stands for, but it's when people... Like it's after the shoot. Like it is a voiceover, basically. Yeah. Like it is not. So, it's recorded in post production. Yes. over and, and laid over. It's often recorded by that actor. They just want like a cleaner line. Yeah. But in this case, I it's mean, a different. Person. It's a different person 100%. singing. Hundred percent singing most of these little like solo oh, sure. things that she does in class. And I just wonder like how that went down. Like they hired Hillary Duff based on the fact that she can sing and that she's very popular at the time. And then they have to tell her, oh, by the way, you aren't talented enough to hit these notes. So the we're getting ones, we're yeah. getting someone else to like. Like she does sing the songs that she sings. Like, like at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just feel like I'd be so offended. I'd be like, okay. Like it's literally about me raising my voice. It's literally called raise your voice. My voice. Yeah. Raise my voice. I just, yeah. I just think that's because it's so, it's not well yeah, done. It's, it's so clearly like. A different person. Dubbed by someone it's else. It's a different person yeah. um can i mention something about this drummer guy while we're talking about him because yeah. i want to tell you my fun fact what's about his him. name in real life do you quincy know quincy jones or something it's Pardon like, me? It's, like <laughs> it's not quincy jones um it's like so i want to say when i okay when i saw this movie i really loved his character i, I know his, his character's name is kiwi by the way i do i do know and that. his character name in the oc is chili both food so i looked at you when we watched this movie and i said you had a crush on this guy didn't you when you watched this movie and you said correct oh his name is johnny lewis so i was close (laughs) (laughs) um so anyway i had a crush on him for sure yeah and i remember being like he looks so familiar i think or maybe it was like a couple years later or something that i was like he this guy looks familiar he was in a um sitcom called quintuplets oh for one fucking second okay and i remember he was one of the quintuplets and i remember being like oh that's the guy from your voice or, or vice versa and i was like i had such a crush on him and then a couple years ago in fact seven years ago something really horrific happened tell me so he died so i guess what i remember from it is it's really weird. It was like really. Did like, you look this up to confirm? I have not looked this up since, but basically what it was from my memory, I'll confirm it. Let's as, confirm as it. Fine. Right. Okay. So he did in tw- in 2011. I did know this part. He had like uh, some sort of motorcycle crash. Did not oh. die, but had a brain injury. Oh no. A severe brain injury. And then he was getting really weird, bizarre, bizarre behavior. Yeah. And then, and getting all these arrests. And then in 2012, he was in jail, got additional head injuries. So he had like severe head injuries. Oh my god! And then basically, I remember hearing about his death and there was all this weird stuff that happened around it. And everyone said it was drugs, but then it kind of came out with this brain injury stuff. But basically what yeah. happened uh, is he went into his landlord's house, who was like this 88-year-old woman or so. Yeah. Killed her and her cat and <gasps> then killed himself. Oh and like jumped my. off the roof or something. Oh, and my. I remember being like, "A pardon me." That is so. Isn't sad. that horrific? That's let me horrific. let me just fact check this for a moment. That kind of stuff scares the crap out of me because it I, absolutely terrifies me. Yeah. Brain stuff terrifies yeah. me. Well, I used to work, as you know, at a homeless shelter, and a lot of people make assumptions like, "Okay, a lot of people that are homeless." are addicts and have had you know rough childhoods and that's all true in a lot of in a lot of cases but in some cases i met people who had 
totally, you know, quote unquote, normal lives. And then they got a brain injury. And because of that brain injury, they no longer could be with their family. They lost their job. They weren't allowed to be with the, around their kids because of their erratic behavior. And then they became homeless. Yeah, it's it's. The thing is, is that I've watched a lot of documentaries on brain things, which yeah. are not a good thing to do. Don't do it if you can avoid it. Uh, if you are, have severe anxiety like myself, because I literally had to call my friend Paul, who we all know. And I literally was Hi, like, Paul. I think I'm having a brain and like, I think I have a brain, whatever I had just watched yeah. on the documentary. And he's like, you're fine. Yeah. Anyway. Um, sorry. I Okay. So here we go. On September 26, 2012, Lewis, Johnny Lewis and his 81-year-old landlady, Catherine Davis, were found dead at her home. Police were called by neighbors after Lewis violently attacked two people in the property next door, and the landlady was heard screaming. Davis was found dead inside the house, having suffered severe head injuries. Her pet cat, Jessie, was also found dead. Um, and then he had jumped over to the neighbor next door... And he then fell or jumped off the roof and killed himself. Oh, my god. Isn't that goodness. horrifying? And he had a child. He has a child. Really? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, point is, is watching... Se- like, he seems like such a sweetheart in the two roles that I know him from. Right. And the thing is, is that it's... it's. I mean, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was drug. Maybe it was brain injury, whatever. But like you were saying, brain injuries can really change somebody oh, in a horrific yeah. way. Um, anyway, so it's, it's very weird watching a movie like this where he's like this happy-go-lucky, nerdy, like totally enamored with Kat Dennings. And then you're like, that guy murdered a woman. He's a murderer. He's a murderer. Wow. That's dark. Pretty dark. So Kat Dennings is in this film, as we mentioned, the murderer. Johnny Lewis. I shouldn't call him a murderer. Honestly, I like to joke about death and stuff, but I really do feel like that's super tragic. It's also not a fact for me. It's not like I have to joke about that kind of stuff, honestly, to keep myself some form of sane. It's just, yeah, that's really, really terrible. Yeah. Um, so anyways, um, oh, one note I had is I really like the scene where the roommate plays violin in, like, the train station, and it's all, like, echoey. Yeah. I think that's a cool scene. Mm-hmm. I want to say, because it's pretty cringeworthy when actors try to attempt to play instruments, like, fake it. Like, I feel like Kat Dennings faking playing the piano is, like, pretty um, awkward to watch. Yeah. But this this roommate, I don't know who she is in real life, but I feel like she can actually play the violin. Or I think fiddle so. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does it, seem like it. It looks really real every time she does it, and, like, it always sounds so good. So I'm curious if she actually can play. Anyways, moving on. That wasn't that interesting of a note. Um, I think so. Okay. So let's talk about this double date that they go on where Kat Dennings decides to wear the most... I didn't recall this. It is the most insane, ridiculous, outrageous outfit. It's like so over the top. I couldn't even bear to watch it. It's a little insane. So basically, uh, uh, Kiwi really has a crush on Sloane. Who is Kat Dennings. Sloan's her name? Mm-hmm. I love that name. And Hilary Duff helps like orchestrate a double date between her and John, um, Johnny Lewis. Oliver James oh, and oh, Kiwi oh, oh. and Sloan. Right, right, right. And anyway, she goes out, like, wear something nice or whatever. We're going to go out or something. Yeah. And they all meet downstairs and friggin' Kat Dennings walks down in like a gothic gown. Green like, and black gothic. It's honestly from medieval times. 100%. And I knew this was coming because um, I'm obsessed with this movie. 
And like if that was me, so she comes down and like clearly she misunderstood what they meant by dress up or like look good or whatever. Yeah. Because she sees them and she's horrified and she's like, oh, God, I did not understand this. I think I overdressed. I think I overdressed. Um, and they convinced her to still go out. I would have been like, no, I'm turning around. We're still at home. It's fine. I'll turn around. Let me go get some jeans on. Let me just put a pair of jeans on <laughs> or a normal fucking black, black dress. Because like, I'm not saying if she walked out and she was like, whatever, but she's clearly very uncomfortable and nervous about it. Yeah. And feels like I said, uncomfortable. I, they're still, they haven't left. They didn't <laughs> meet so, at a coffee shop. And then it's like, oh, you can't go home. Like, sorry. They're right there. Just, I know, but obviously she thinks she looks great. But she doesn't because oh, she, she doesn't? felt really uncomfortable. She oh. like was really nervous. She goes, oh, God, like, I let me turn around. She starts turning around oh. and goes back inside. And they go, they're like, no, 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 like, come back, come back. Which I, I appreciate that they're doing that. I'm not saying she should look a certain way, but she's clearly yeah. still turning around and change. Yeah. Christ. I mean, I think she might be on the spectrum because that's an insane <laughs> choice to make. <laughs> that is so scary. I'm really uncomfortable with what you just said, honestly. Oh, man. I know lots of people on the spectrum. They're lovely. So I hate when you do this to me. You shut me out. I'm not. And you avoid eye contact. Look into my eyes and say I'm hello. Looking. Say hello, Carly. Hello, Carly. <laughs> Carly. Okay, I need to say something that okay. I have I have never told anyone this in my life. You say a lot of things like that on the podcast. I love it. Do I? Uh, yeah. Okay, so... There are three movies in my teenage life, specifically around this time in 2004, where I was so, like, emotionally attached to it for uh, reasons I cannot figure out to this day. And Raise Your Voice is one of them, where I watched it, and then the next day, my teenage, like, hormones and, like, emotions were so overwhelmed that, like, I I would take the next day off. Just so I could, like, watch it again and, and then like, just, like... really compose yourself? Really, like, think about life. And I don't know what it is about this movie. What do you mean take the day off? Like, like from school? Yeah. Like, the next day I would, like, take... It's happened to me It happened to me three times. I remember the movies. Oh, my God. And I cannot just figure out, like, what it really was that, like, affected me so much. But it was Raise Your Voice. Mm-hmm. The movie Just Married. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie Pearl Harbor. Okay, I mean, that one I can understand. Like, there was something about these three movies that, like, made me so, like... Emotional. Like, I remember Just Mary just being like, all I want is to, like, meet a guy and go on a trip to Europe. And, like, and then Raise Your Voice, there's the scene where Akeen's uh, We Might As Well Be Strangers starts playing. Mm-hmm. I remember just being, like, so moved by it and just being like, oh, I just want to be able to, like go to like a cool school in LA like Terry and like I don't know Pearl Harbor I don't know like, I mean Pearl Harbor is the one that makes the most sense why just because it's like so emotional it's a very emotional movie and it probably would have happened with Titanic too I, although I don't remember but isn't that strange that's very strange the just married ones really gotten to yeah me. well I just like I was in love with Ashton Kutcher I don't know it almost is concerning the way that I felt towards certain films I wouldn't say concerning. I would say curious. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you ever watched something where you're just like, you liked it so much that you don't even know how to like, like, compo- like, like go register. on. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, I'm trying to think of an example that's happened to me before where I've literally been like, 
that was i don't even know how to register that film. yeah like i don't know how to like go back to reality that could be how i feel about, about time that one really gets yeah me. yeah maybe i don't know i think i was that one, psycho that one no that one's one that uh about time so we don't have to get too much into this movie but it's Let the best know. i don't care if you're gonna crap yourself <laughs> hold it in clench <laughs> kegels we only have a few minutes left um, so about time is the movie with Donald Gleason and Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And that movie makes me weep through the whole thing. But the first time I saw it, I remember being like, my life has now changed. Right. <laughs> I remember being like, it, honest to God, something shifted in me. I swear Interesting. to God. And I remember the exact moment I watched it. And it was when we had like smartphone kind of like Blackberries were yeah. a thing. And I put in my phone to make it a reminder every single day in the morning. I just said uh, about time in yeah. the morning. And it was, you know, that whole part in it where you're supposed to like live the day as if it's the second time around. Right. It was that. So I would like start the morning be like, I'm going to live this day. Like it was just this whole thing. And it, like, yeah. honestly, I lived that way for a long time. It went through my phone every single morning. Really? Say about time. And of course, you love Donald Gleason. And I love Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And I love England. Yeah. And I love American people or Canadian people moving yeah. to England and yeah. finding love and staying there forever. That's true. I think I also had this sort of feeling I'm talking about when I saw Love Actually. Mm. No, I know what you're saying. I don't really know what I'm saying, but that's sort of the feeling that I think I had when I was young watching stuff. Would you <laughs> shut? <laughs> Okay, let's get to the bottom of this. Okay, so then Oliver James, he kisses the, his ex. Actually, his ex kisses him and Hillary sees and Then she's mad. I'm going to kill your dog. I'm going to kill my dog. And then he gets wasted and goes to knock on Terry's door because he want, wants to make up. And uh, she takes him to the roof because what else do you do with a super drunk person? Yeah, it's really freaking weird. And then she lets him sleep it off on the roof. And she just stands there all night, making sure that he doesn't die. It, yeah, it's it's super, super freaking weird. Um, They get back together. They sing a great song together. The dad comes to take her home. It's the last day that she is at this conservatory. And he's like, we're going home. And then and then her dad is like, we're going home right now. And she's like, I'm literally about to do my final performance. Yeah, it's the performance to see who gets the scholarship. So. so she's like, how about you like wait a couple hours and then I'll definitely take that ride home. Yeah. Um, uh, you're here, so I'll, I'll come <laughs> with you, but you, I have to perform it. Anyway, so she, you know, they all perform. They do amazing. She performs, and suddenly she, everyone else performs solo to demonstrate their abilities to get a scholarship. She and Oliver James had decided that they were going to do a duet together. And, together. and split the scholarship. Split scholarship. Fine. But there's about 10 other people on stage with them yeah. doing, like, brass section. I and know. there's, like, a this and a that. And I'm like, no one else got this back up. I know. Also, this whole movie, they've been practicing together. He's on the piano. And yeah. now, suddenly, their final performance, he's on guitar. Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah, and he's, like, writing song. The whole point is that he can write the melodies, really beautiful melodies, but he sucks at the lyrics. Yeah. And she is the uh, opposite. She can't do melodies, but yeah. can do lyrics. Um, so she's, you know, they, they're they practicing on the piano and stuff. And it's really weird because then you're like, oh, he's going to play this wonderful song. And then... He doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so the mother and the dad are there, and the aunt, and everyone loves, and they think they're so so great, and she does this amazing performance. They all cry. So the you know the <laughs> mom and the dad are there, and the aunt, and everyone's <laughs> crying, and she performs for her brother Paul, who's dead, and it's horrible, and it's he sad. appears in the light. Oh my God, that's right. The uh, the the spotlight catches her eye, and the man 
controlling the spotlight is Paul to her. Like she sees <laughs> Paul. And uh, yeah. anyway, then it's all emotional and stuff. And then her roommate Denise wins. Yeah. The scholarship, which yeah. um, is great. And she, to be fair, she was the one who was like, I'm here for the money. Yeah. I'm here for the scholarship. She's like the girl from The Bachelor who's always like, I'm not here to make friends. Yeah. She That's was literally, her. she says that like right away. She's like, I ain't here to make no friends. Um, yeah. Anyway, so she wins, and then they all perform on the sidewalk, and that's how we have her. And then there's like the man in the background playing the maracas, and, and Kat Denning stands there because <laughs> she's, she's, there. she's the pianist, but there's no like grand piano there outside, so she just stands there with her new boyfriend Kiwi. It's yeah. very strange. We laughed at the fact that like as if there's someone that got into this music conservatory for playing the maracas. Yeah, there's this guy like <laughs> emotionally playing the the maracas, <laughs> and it's like, well, he's getting the scholarship. He must have had a sibling who made him a good DVD. I've been playing in oh, rock. Fuck yeah. They were like, this is, let, we're going to get you in here. Hi. I'm Joel's sister. He is the absolute best Moroccan player I have ever seen. <laughs> is Moroccan even in like, isn't that like a place that people are from, Morocco? Yes. And they're called Moroccans? Or, yes. Okay, so maybe that's not the right word. I don't know, but regardless, it's hilarious. Irregardless. Irregardless. He must be a percussion professional. Maybe. Anyway. Okay, I, I have one last question for you. Yes, tell me about it. Do you remember when Hillary Duff, the big gossip about Hillary Duff is that she got fake teeth? Yes. <laughs> that's Veneers, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was that one day she had teeth and the next day she had fucking teeth. <laughs> And they were like, she got, uh, everyone was saying she got veneers. Her teeth are so much bigger. And I think she like admitted to it and like it was not a big deal. And everyone was like, yeah, she, she's like, yep, just got new teeth. I remember when she was dating Joel from Good Charlotte and he was like, (laughs) he was like um, defending her in interviews, just being like, I love her teeth. Her smile is beautiful. I mean, she does look fantastic. Yeah, she looks amazing. Um, I mean, I get the change. Like, I get that it was a bit of a shocking difference, but. I just think like nowadays no one would care if you got fake teeth no no one would care ever does anyone even care if you get fake boobs anymore i don't even think that's a thing <clears throat> okay good because i'll probably do it okay well, someday no, no one will care oh my gosh my dog is being so annoying yeah, i can't really even annoying. handle it okay um okay what do you rate this film uh good old eight and a half okay honestly me too yeah it's so great it's so great i'm sad it's over no. Do you feel like this episode was good? No, not really. But but (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's like easy to because this movie is a hard one because I want to talk about every single second. Yeah. Like I want to go through this movie in fucking detail, but it's not exciting for people who have listened who have not seen this movie. Well, no one's going to listen if they haven't seen the movie. That's true, I guess. Oh, my gosh. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry if you didn't like this episode. I, th- no, I oh, think it could be good. I think it's all right. It just depends on how you edit it. So the yeah. pressure's on you. <laughs> so you want to do Leo 6? I still haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Last night I was supposed to go on a hot date with a hot guy and see it, but there's only one seat left. And honestly, it went through my mind like, is it okay if I go? <laughs> That's how you know I've been single for too long. I was like, can we just like meet up after? Anyways, he was like, let's go see Lion King. We saw Lion King, whatever. Um, so <laughs> Rita Wilson is in this movie. Yep. She's a wonderful soul. She's mm-hmm. also in Sleepless in Seattle with her husband, Tom Hanks, who was in Catch Me If You Can with Leo. We have the exact same amount, but different way. Okay. Mine is Carly Reeves. Okay, who is that? Plays Kelly. Who is Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> okay. She- 
She's someone in the movie. Ew. Why do you have the, always the most random? <laughs> she plays Kelly. I don't know what to talk Who the hell is Kelly? I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> okay, continue. She plays Kelly. I don't okay. know what to tell you. All right. Um, and <laughs> she's in. Okay, <the laughs> yeah. Carly Reeves plays Kelly. <laughs> She's famous Kelly Reeves. No, Carly. Carly Carly Reeves. Plays Kelly. And she's in Larry Crown. Oh, my. With Tom Hanks. (laughs) Who's in Catch Me? Oh, my gosh. I'm laughing so hard. It hurts. That's so stupid. She's... I don't Have know you even seen you. Larry Crown? No, but I'm telling you, she's in it. Okay, Carly mm. Reeves. <laughs> yeah. Carly Reeves is plays Kelly, and she's in Larry Crown with Tom Hanks. There, <laughs> goodbye. And then catch me as you can. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Great. That's funny. My fashion fave in this is definitely <sighs> the T-shirt that the bitchy girl wears that says "Daddy's, Daddy's Girl." girl. I agree. My fashion fave is also um, John pants. Corbett's like constant leather pants yeah. and leather collection. Yeah. Um. So next week we're going to do a movie that is called Dirty Dancing, which we were supposed to have done already, but you know, and technically we did, but we're gonna have to re-record that shit. And so we might have a guest this time. We'll see. Yeah, we don't know any answers to anything. Yeah. So once again. Thank you so much to you guys for being Thank you. patient as hell with us. I'm, Thank you. We're very, very, very sorry about the last two weeks. But here we are. Let us pray that this one is not going to get erased in the middle of the night tonight. Um, yeah. Thank you also to Aesthetic Magazine for supporting us and mm-hmm. partnering with us. And thank you to my big brothers, Eric and Kevin Smale, for our wonderful theme song. And Carly, thank you to you for doing this with me. Thank you to you for doing this with me. Thank you to you and your dog for living with us. I hate my dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I love um, my dog. So, um, okay. Once again, Teenage Dirtbags podcast on Patreon and Instagram and on Twitter, we are <laughs> Podcast Teenage. Maddie, we didn't even talk about the fact that in the winter we sang that one song all the time. Let's end with it. Okay. Um, this is the song that me and Maddie sang every single day while neither of us were employed. Oh, yeah. Uh, how does it go? Da, da, da. The Lord of Lords part has to be very high pitched. Ready? King of Kings. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I'm Lord of Lords! Okay. I feel bad for Cart. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, bye!